In the early hours of the morning of Tuesday the 13th of June, a major incident took place in the UK city of Nottingham. This is a very sad day for our city. We are keeping an open mind and are working closely with counter-terrorism policing to establish the facts. Chief Constable Kate Maynell from Nottinghamshire Police updated reporters after three people, two teenage students and a man in his 60s were fatally stabbed. Three others were then hit as they were waiting at a bus stop by a van police believe was stolen from one of the victims. A 31-year-old former university student has been charged with murdering three people. Hello, I'm Chris Giles and today I'm in our London Assistance Centre for a special podcast where we take a behind-the-scenes look at how International SOS brought details of this incident to the attention of our clients. We'll speak to our security experts to find out more about our information-gathering processes and how we monitor developments in Nottingham and get insight into our decision-making processes. Well, joining me is Charlie Anderson, who's a security specialist in the information and analysis team and security director Holly McGurk. So, Charlie, can you take me through what happened as information about this incident started to come through? At roughly 8am local time, I saw that there were a lot of tweets and also a report from the Nottingham Police that a lot of roads were closed off. It was saying that there was a security incident that was ongoing without actually specifying what the incident was. But the main thing at this point was the fact that there was tram disruption, they were all suspended, and also roads all around the city centre were cordoned off. So in that sort of situation then, information is limited. What do we do in those sort of circumstances to work out what's happening? The main thing we have to look at several different sources. So like Twitter is always a good one because you get the local reports. You might get images or videos where you can confirm the timing of the incident. So you can see if it's currently ongoing based on maybe the weather or if it's daylight or in the dark. So in this incident, traffic tweets and also like official police reports. And how difficult is it to collect reliable information in incidents like this? And are there go-to sources that you use? So we do have on-the-ground sources that we've established throughout the years where we often have WhatsApp groups where we can message them direct and see if they have any on-the-ground information, which is always useful in these situations. And how do you go about verifying the information? What tools do we use? Usually we just compare on a lot of social networks and local media and also international news outlets. And if it's mostly like local media or initial information from social media, we can see if there's a live feed, for example. And then if we do see this live feed, then at least we can verify if it's ongoing. And also International SOS, we have to make sure that we have at least two independent verified sources. But if possible, we would want more than this. And by this, I mean, it wouldn't just be like two tweets from two random people. It has to be like a well-respected journalist and if possible, like two different types of sources as well. Holly, there are several different types of incidents that uh, International SOS will alert clients about. Some have got lots of information, others, I guess, could be quite sketchy. So what sort of processes do we go through maybe in countries where the information is harder to verify? Sure, so we have a real range of countries, um, something like the UK, obviously there's very free media, there's a lot of social media utilisation. It's very easy for us to get information about what's happening in a location like the UK. Actually, sometimes the problem there can be too much information and filtering through all the chatter that you start to see on social media. 
But then we do also cover other countries where the information environment is a lot more restricted. That might be because, let's say, governments have a very restrictive attitude towards the press, so it's difficult to get that freedom of information. Perhaps the media environment is just not as well developed, there's not as much money behind it. And you might also see you know, less utilization of social media, you know, worse cell phone coverage, for example, and people don't have that access to immediately start live streaming an incident. So all of that kind of creates a different um, working environment for us when we're trying to verify information. And, you know, our lead analysts work very hard in those locations where we do have a more challenging time getting information to build out that network of reliable sources. Some of that might be local, local news, really reliable journalists that we know are very active on Twitter, or it might be even our security providers that we work with in country that we may have an informal or a formal arrangement with them where we can verify information through them as well. And can you describe the decision-making processes that International SOS goes through when it comes to making a decision to alert clients about a particular incident? What we're really looking for there is to understand the impact. So in order for us to issue an alert, we would need to have a possible impact for clients or their people. And we would also need some kind of action that we're asking them to take when we issue that alert. So maybe it's a protest that's taking place that's potentially disruptive and they might want to think about you know, rescheduling their routes or diverting their routes. Or maybe there's an immediate kind of threat to life and they need to shelter in place or you know, take some really urgent action to keep themselves safe. That would always be the driving motivator for us is, you know, what do we want people to do when they see this alert? And is there something that they need to be kind of urgently made aware of? And how does that process change if we then consider the next level up? So looking at a special advisory alert, for example, which is our highest level of alert, we issue that when there is a credible threat to life, when potentially a client may have one of their people who's been hurt or requires some kind of assistance. And that's when we would issue um, an alert like where the instruction is to account for your staff and make sure that all your, your people are safe. Um, so that would come into play when there have been casualties or there is potential for casualties. It's a really clear kind of decision-making process for us on that kind of alert. Just, you know, is there someone who's been hurt here who might need immediate help? And how can you help clients to understand the processes that we go through to make sure we're passing on the right level of information to them and when we would do it? Yeah, so we really have to try and balance the speed with that verification process. So of course clients want that information as quickly as they can possibly get it. And we operate in an environment now where you know the news media is, is very quick, information is, is freely flowing and it's coming through Twitter and like I said there's that chatter, all of that kind of comes up immediately. But at the same time, we don't want to just knee-jerk publish an alert until we have established the facts of the incident and also some key details, like, for example, the location. We may be very sure that something has taken place, but if we can't tell people where, then we're not adding much value by drawing that incident to their attention. So we do spend that little bit of extra time just to make sure that we're 100% clear on the facts, you know, the who, what, when and where, before we push out that alert. And the approach that we take also in terms of the timeliness is often we will issue something very short just to get the information out there, even without the full information. So this is a good example. You know, we put out an alert saying something's happening. You know, there's disruption, avoid that area. And then we update it as we get more information. Okay, Holly, Charlie, thank you so much for your insights and analysis. No problem. Thank you. And you can keep up to date with all the latest information, updates and alerts on our website, internationalsos.com. 
And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres, available to clients 24-7. But for now, thank you for listening and goodbye.